0: Flip in the field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by the R word. Ryan, how's it going? Patrick, um <laughs> the real R word
1: on this podcast is Brian Day. Yeah. Uh it's time to lock him up. It's time, it's time to, to, it's time to lock, lock him up and throw away the key. Um we've had about enough of that. Um mm-hmm. yeah, you know yeah. The, the real <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us about what the real one is. <laughs> the real R word on this podcast is uh, RPO, huh? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting closer. <laughs> we're working our way towards something. We're One of these days, a couple podcasts from now, I think we're probably going to have something there. Um, yeah. This is the week nine recap show. We're coming to you, I would say we're coming to you a day late, but we're not. We're actually usually just a day early. Um, mm-hmm. We're coming to you on time, and anybody who complains otherwise is... Uh, they're going on the list, and you don't even get yeah. to know what the list is, but you're going on it. And it's not a good list to be on. It's not a list that you want to be on. Um, well,
1: Actually, I'll tell you about it. If you want a list of all of our official enemies, we keep a running one pinned to the top of the board on meetatmidfield.com.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> the only thing pinned <laughs> to the top of the board at meetatmidfield.com is Home Field Apparel, which is, of course, our longest-running show enemy. Uh, and you can uh, you can so ser- you can show your support of us in our fight against the dreaded uh, home field apparel uh, by going to homefieldapparel.com and using the code meet at midfield for fifteen percent off. It's counterintuitive, but we are actually when we when you do that, we are stealing money from home field. This is not a deal that mm-hmm. they have agreed to. We just we siphon off fifteen percent of your first order at home field apparel. It's yeah. it's high co- it's, it's high quality collegiate vintage apparel and I'm not afraid to admit that but I am comfortable in our position as enemies I think that we can uh, I think we can take them ultimately I think that we will win the battle between good and evil that is uh, flipping the field against uh, home field apparel
1: it's kind of like that TV show, Mr. Robot. That's kind of what it's like.
0: It's a lot like that. Yeah. I've always said that it's a lot like Mr. Robot, yeah, because, that TV show. Because
1: the real R word is Rami Malek. Oh, uh, about Emmy award-winning actor Rami Malek.
0: Or robot. Either one. Really? <laughs> you can't go, you can't go wrong. This is the, this is the R word episode. Um, <laughs> homefieldapparel.com. You go there, use the code meet at midfield for 15% off. And you, you might be wondering, you might be asking yourself, well, I've, Obviously, I can do that. I know how to do that. but what what the hell are they talking about? What is this meet at midfield? I don't understand what that is. Well, if you go to meet midfield dot com, um it you'll know. you'll figure it out. It's not it's not very complicated. It's a website. It has our stuff. We do stuff there and it has it. And you' pay twelve ninety nine a month or a larger amount for one year, and then you get all of our stuff, which includes, uh, as we have talked about on here before, the only good message board that is even kind of focused on college football—it's it, really not even close. It's—we're uh, running laps around all of the other message boards. We're the only one where it's good to post on. We're the only one where you can be like a—not a regular person, but uh, completely bizarre in a different <laughs> way than usual message board posters are. Like you don't have to be—you don't have to be unhinged in the usual way here. If you're a little bit tired of being like, you know using like a lot of dog whistles and all that stuff you don't have to do that here you can do something you can be bizarre in a completely different way on our board you can you can have like
1: you can threaten litigation against whatever like enemy you make up on the board and we support that we'll provide lawyers for both of you
0: yeah yeah our our board is much more of a board for like guys who really like trains and things of that nature than it is for like uh used boat salesmen right like that's that's what most message boards are for ours are for like Guys who have that same sort of brain and, and in a different life would have been that guy, but are uh, instead extremely broke and don't have anything going on. That's what we have. And so if you're a guy yeah. who's extremely broke and doesn't have anything going on, you should go to meet You will be right at home, I'll say. <laughs> with, with yeah, that's midfield. right. Like if you're
1: if you're a true loser, like you've just got nothing going right for you. Uh yeah. you won't find a better place. Like you you know you don't have any other friends. Mm -hmm. um most of your friends like you used to have got really tired when we talked about football you were like going to social events and just like screaming like pass pass at the tv from like thousands of miles away (laughs) um and, and they were like stop doing that you're not helping the team like you're not at the game even if you weren't the game, they couldn't hear you. Yeah, um, you know, like it's it's your niece's second birthday. Like, stop doing that. Yeah, and you couldn't you couldn't help yourself. Yeah, and that's it, how you end up on our our board.
0: Yeah, if you've been reprimanded by an elder member of your family for crying at a wedding because your team lost, then it's it's we we have just the place for you. This is a normal place. Yeah. We we will welcome you as uh, as, as and, one of our own.
1: And another huge genre of subscribers are they're guys who used to date Twitter user Seltzer Mom uh-huh um that's another that's probably like the yeah. third well, biggest group and that
0: our, that is yeah. something that we're really glad to be able to tout is that we have one woman on the entire website which is a lot more than right. most websites have so we do have one woman <laughs> and that's a step in the right direction that's progress baby is we have we have one yeah. and we're working to add a second really any day now we're just the boards are open if you're a woman you're allowed to sign yeah. up for the site we we're, please we are please, please god we <laughs>
1: We we are actively
0: grooming a lot of women to join the website right yeah. now. Oh, um, we were we supposed to be how? we were supposed to be trying to get them to join the website. I I I, <laughs> I missed that. I missed the memo on that. That's my bad.
1: Yeah. Well, a, a lot of them are going to be able to access credit cards when they when they turn eighteen shortly, which I think uh, will be huge for for our I know it's so, going to
0: be huge for me. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, it's sort of biding my time until then. Uh, you know, living mm. month to month until I can uh, really start living, and then I can enjoy the view. So uh, we, we're gonna. We're going to break down some games here. There's Some of these we're going to mention, and that's about it, because there's not a whole lot else to talk about. Um, And I think we got one of those here to kick us off. Utah 21. And some of
1: these, actually, we're we're not even going to mention. We're just going to telepathically communicate that we thought about the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if if there's a game in here that you think we missed, uh, we didn't. We just didn't say it. We just didn't say it, but we thought it. We were, yeah, we were, we were testing you. Yeah, we were conversing about it uh, in the brain space. So Utah twenty-one, Washington State seventeen. This was a Thursday night game. Utah without Cam Rising um, does enough to, to, to survive. Pretty much, pretty much it. They does they do enough to survive despite the fact that the offense was not anywhere near where it is usually with Cam Rising. Um, this is what you do, I guess, when you're a contender, and they remain a contender in the Pac-12. After a uh, a, pr- a pretty serious, ups- upset bit, a tough place to go, tough time to go there without your your starting quarterback, and they survive. That's that's about all I take from this.
1: Yeah, uh, man. If I told you a quarterback uh, who was touted as an NFL uh, a potential NFL player completed over eighty seven percent of his passes. Uh, and had uh, 43 of the 50 offensive touches a team had in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you would think he would account for a lot more than 250 yards, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah. Usually, I would probably think that. <laughs>
0: I would sort of. <laughs> I would hope it at least, if nothing else.
1: Well, that's the Cam Rising challenge, dude. That is the Cam Rising challenge: is touching the ball forty plus times and seeing how few yards you can accumulate. Wait, is this Cam Rising
0: uh, or Cam Ward? Which, which? Sorry, Cam Ward. Okay. I'm talking about Cam Ward. I yeah. apologize. Cam Bye-bye. Rising does uh, Cam... slightly better than that, but not by much.
1: <laughs> Cam Ward went twenty-seven of thirty-one for two hundred and twenty-two yards, uh, and also ran the ball twelve times for twenty-eight yards. Yeah, uh, at
0: some point we might uh, need to have a com. I mean, we don't need to because who cares? But at some point we might need to have a conversation about Washington State's wide receivers because I think that they might play a role in this based on the. the I think yardage they're not numbers. very good. Yeah, yeah, but
1: also like the play calling matters here too. I know it's a former Air Raid school, and they're not all the way like recruited out of that. But yeah, uh, you know, giving your running back seven total carries throughout the game. Yeah. Um, against the uh, Utah front that we've talked about being pretty undersized. Probably not great. Probably probably could be better than
0: that. Yeah, this is another one we we talk about this with NC State a lot. But this is another one where like if you're going to go out and get Cam Ward, if you're going to go out and get like try and transplant the FCS offense like Western Kentucky did last year, why would you not also get good receivers? It seems like it's not that hard. I don't. It seems like a lot of teams have really good receivers right now because they just went into the portal and got good receivers. Like uh, Texas comes to mind. Just went and grabbed some good receivers, and that was it. Um, why wouldn't you do that? You you could very easily sell. Hey, you could come play with an NFL prospect, and we're gonna throw the ball fifty times per game. Like Arizona was able to fucking do it. Why couldn't Washington State or NC State? Doesn't it doesn't make sense? Especially
1: like I I feel like there are more high level skill players at lower levels in any position. Like it's really hard to get good linemen out of the portal if you're if you're like a team like Washington State. It's uh, pretty easy to get wide receivers and running backs if you need to.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the leading receiver in college football last year and also his quarterback were both guys from Houston Baptist. Like, it's not that hard, I don't think. <laughs> there, there should be productive receivers who you can find at pretty much any level. It's not the kind of thing like with linemen where it is so based on physicality and size where you're just probably not going to find guys who are good enough athletes at the correct size on your offensive or defensive lines from the portal, but... Wide receiver. I mean, you can be five foot seven, one hundred and sixty pounds, and still be pretty difficult to stop. I, I don't know, I don't know how you don't do better than this as one of these teams that is trying to go out and get a, an NFL, a potential NFL guy at quarterback, and then just not really pairing him with anything. I'm sure that they took some guys in the portal, but they uh, didn't do a good enough job of it. I would say. Uh, also during yeah. the week, I think also wait thir- really
1: quick, really quick. I want to point out really quick that Wazoo has a wide receiver named Sion Nunally which okay. is kind of a funny way for a guy's name to rhyme with mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not not a not a way you would expect that to happen.
0: It's an unconventional but... approach, but we like it. Yeah, that's good <laughs> that's good <Yeah>. stuff. Um <laughs> also staying on Thursday night, we got two more on Thursday night. Southern Miss 39 Louisiana 24. Uh, just want to mention it because Louisiana very much not in the Sunbelt West race like even a little bit, especially after this game. Southern Miss is Southern Miss is still in the running, I believe it only has one conference loss. I think it was to Troy, which is not a yeah, great one. to Yeah, it's three and take. one in the
1: conference. Lost to Troy on the road, but uh, they also uh, they still have to play uh, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina, which is on the road, South Alabama at home, and then yeah. uh, ULM Monroe on
0: the road. Yeah, it's it's this. Is, I don't think that Southern Miss is, is at this point seriously a contender in this in the Sun Belt West. I. It's Troy's to lose, and I don't think they're going to, um, but I think it still bears mentioning because this is year two for Will Hall, and they're good. They're they're good enough that they won this game, the game that is uh, the kind that you want to win when you're an improving program. This is a statement win for them. They did it pretty comfortably. Um, they're working with, I want to say, a true freshman quarterback who they have rallied around really well. The defense has improved. Uh, they might go bowling, and given where they were last year, where they didn't have a quarterback, they literally did not have a quarterback, they were just playing Frank, Frank Gore Jr. at quarterback, um, that's pretty good. That's pretty good improvement moving, you know, uh, especially into a more difficult league in the process, jumping from the CUSA to the Sun Belt. Like, this is a harder league to win in, and they're doing it. They're doing it enough that they might get an extra game at the end of the year. Um, that's great. That's That's great news for Southern Miss. On the other side of this, Louisiana. Um, I, I, I don't know how long the leash is there for, I'm going to say Michael Desermo. That's how I'm going to pronounce it this time, but it shouldn't be very long because this is not good. I know that they lost a lot of guys. I know that they had a lot of starters to replace, but Jesus Christ, it's it's really bad. It's really bad already in a way that it shouldn't be when you're you're inheriting a program that like... What won three of the last four in the Sun Belt, or was at least in the t- the title game for what felt like four or five years? I, come on, it can't be this bad already.
1: Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's it's not what you want to see, really. From what's uh, no. what's going on here, I, I don't know. Like, they've got to be better than this, obviously. But, um, eh, what can you do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, I guess I'll say this: like, uh, you know, Louisiana a tough place. Pretty impressive, Bill Hall. It's it's uh, to their miss so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, pretty they, good to have them at five and three, like you said, and still hanging in there in the conference race. Especially if they win one more game here, yeah. two more games to the stretch.
0: Pretty good year. Yeah, there's suddenly a really fun core of uh, coaches in the Sun Belt West of young young guys with Will Hall, with John Sumrall at Troy, and with Kane Wilmack at, at South Alabama. Um, interested, interested to see what those guys produce over the next couple of years. Hopefully, they will stick around for long enough that that we can see. So, sort of a full strength yeah. race and among don't forget three. Butch
1: Jones at Arkansas State yeah so. of
0: course Butch Jones at Arkansas State <laughs> uh, young inspiring new uh, new name and, and of course Terry Bowden who is the youngest and most inspiring name in college football um, but yeah interested to watch that the, the East gets a lot of the publicity for good reason because those teams have been better in recent years but there is quietly some really interesting stuff brewing in the West so uh, good fucking conference extremely good conference it, ridiculous just how much how much they have going on at any given time. Really, really fun conference. Um, staying on Thursday night, NC State 22, Virginia Tech 21. I'm done with them. I'm not. I, I simply don't care about NC State anymore. I'm done with them. This is. They've got a new quarterback who I'm sure that is, is going to put up ridiculous stats. MJ Morris is the guy. He had a really good game here. I'm sure that he will come into next season. We will we will think that he is one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC. It doesn't matter. They don't know what to do with it. It yeah. doesn't matter. I'm sick of these guys.
1: Well, the funniest part, of course, is it's just going to keep – like like you, I could I, – like my first thought when I saw him succeeding in this game, mm-hmm. and he finished on a ridiculous run where he went like 12 of 14 for – I think it was like over 150 yards and three yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. Just he like absolutely he, he won them the game. Yeah, he won them the yeah, game. Yeah, 100%. He was dealing. Uh, and you're just like, oh, he's a true freshman, which means he'll come into full control of the job next year. Probably could hurt at some point next season. Yeah. Have a really good junior season and a disappointing senior year in 2025. Where they're expected to win like eleven games and they'll actually win nine, yeah, Uh, and they'll have a pretty good year. We'll end up like praising them, but like not really, yeah, uh, because they fucked it up. That's I can't wait for that to happen. It's absolutely what's going to happen. You're we're watching it in front of our eyes. It's
0: it's it's what's going to happen all over again. It's cool. It's cool Um, that they just keep doing this. (laughs) Why don't they do anything else? Why can't they do anything else? It's this is all they are. This is all they will ever be. I was uh, we we were we were foolish for thinking that they could do anything else cuz they're just going to do this. Um maybe look at the offensive coordinator. Maybe Tim Beck might not really know what he's doing it seems like. <laughs> maybe maybe consider something else. Um also get some fucking wide receivers. Not that hard. Uh Saturday noon yeah. game, this was the big uh this was literally the big noon game, but it was also just speaking of <laughs> importance of the game, the big noon game. Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. Um, Ohio State decided to start playing football with about nine minutes left in this game and then won by 13, and it really wasn't that close. Penn State scored at the end to make it closer than it was. But um, this was, yeah, Penn State was better for, what, 51 minutes, and then Ohio State started playing, and that was it, which is a reflection, I think, of the gap here. This is about, right, for, for talent differential for quality differential and it took ohio state nine minutes to establish it it was it was as soon as they started just fucking passing the ball which seems easy enough but as soon as they started doing that the game was over it was that was it
1: yeah uh doing that and also of course you know running actually running uh <laughs> gap runs for once uh uh-huh. uh crazy how long it takes them to do that shit i don't know why it's so hard for them to figure out that's like the correct uh, that's the correct thing to do they, they just have this over reliance on zone running schemes that is so frustrating like i i guess the thing is people get mad like if you're an ohio state fan you often get mad if ryan day gets criticized and ryan day gets mad about it like the, some of the homer journalists get mad about it because they end up like still ranking first in, in like points uh total offense scoring offense most years yep. which i get but like their only problems uh, like are just that he's not that good of a play caller like they're that good despite him being a stupid play caller who could be that much better like if he yeah. was actually good at it and just made easy fixes that if he had any self-reflection uh he could make it a heartbeat uh they would be that much better like they could have the 2019 lsu offense every year if he took his job seriously uh which i know sounds insane but that's like actually the standard they could play at if he was just competent yeah at that at that part of the job uh, but anyway, it's still like, I mean, and that, like if they made a good game, um, they fucked around for too long. Penn state got a lot of lucky bounces, which is not to like diminish Penn state. They played out of their minds on defense, uh, on offense. They had a few ridiculous catches by Parker Washington, playing the best game of his life. Uh, they recovered a fumble nearly in the end zone after a drive that should have been over, uh, on a third and 16 that had a, a bogus pass interference call, like just a lot of things. I think went penn state's way they also had a garbage time touchdown to take it from 44 24 to 44 31. um I, I think ohio state comfortably controlled this game and and like you could say it's because of jt tumalo also playing out of his mind and having
0: one of the best games by defensive yeah. linemen
1: like in the history of college football yeah he, he was <laughs> you know I mean? he, he was unbelievable <laughs> just just did
0: every i mean literally did everything that you could possibly want him to do just single-handedly kind of took over the game yeah. whenever he needed to I,
1: I was trying to talk about it with uh with dj and kevin about what our favorite play he made in the day was and it was kind of hard to answer one like there's the initial uh, uh tip ball he had to zach harrison to create the interception and he like Dropped into coverage and, and uh, like picked off in front, like stepped in front of a wide receiver, like he was breaking on a route, like corner. Uh, <laughs> but I think the favorite one is when he tossed that right tackle head first into <laughs> Sean Clifford to create a first yeah. fumble, and a cover fumble. Yeah, uh, that play rocked. I mean, he just used like. He did what Joey Bosa did to that running back to knock him into Christian Hackenberg, except it was with a man who weighed 120 pounds more than that running back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, really fun to watch. Yeah, he's um, he's a
0: psycho. He is a complete psycho. <laughs> it is really, <laughs> it's it's wild watching him play. Um, yeah, for those of you who are not super inundated in Ohio and the the niche stuff within Ohio State's offense and like. The complaints about uh, days. Play. What I oh, do on the spot every day. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah I, I think that there are three things here that can really kind of reflect it, and then uh, also just just if you watched the game, you could see some stuff too. So there are three stats here that I have. Um, Ohio State's third down success rate was 25 percent. That's really bad. Red zone success rate was 27. And also really quick.
1: A- average third down distance was third
0: and nine. Yeah, that's not is not good. Um, red zone success rate 27 percent. Also really bad. And then Penn State's defensive run stuff Rate, 42%. Ohio State was stuffed on 42% of its runs in this game. It didn't run that much, but that's bad. That's really bad. And it really is like there were there are drives where like I, I think the drive right after Penn State either took the lead or extended the lead. I don't remember what the exact situation was, but Penn State had a lead with like nine minutes left, and Ohio State just tore down the field it was like two it was like four or five plays over the span of a minute just shredded the defense completely worked its way down the field um and there are drives like that you'll see drives where like oh they're throwing slants to marvin harrison they're they're setting the run up with the pass and then they're breaking out more unique or i guess unique run schemes they're breaking out gap stuff they're doing they're doing these things that make sense cohesively and then they're setting up a big play they're they're creating big runs they're creating these big plays they're earning them and then that happens when they go right back onto the field and they don't do it again they just they do something different they do three inside zones or inside zone for two yards screen that doesn't go anywhere incomplete pass on third and eight and it's like why 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 did you do why do you do this what is the point of this what it's like uh It's like Ryan Day gets bored. It's like he gets bored with calling good plays and has to call bad ones. And and he has a a tendency in big games in general to narrow his playbook to the absolute basics for some reason he's really only right. not done this in one or two big games um and so you'll see all clemson this Clemson 2021 being number yeah one or 2020
1: yeah. rather sorry
0: yeah clemson 2020 michigan 2018 when he was the offensive coordinator are really the only two that come to mind for me um usually in big games he, he turtles and, and shows all the cool stuff against bad teams um and it's just like I, I, it doesn't make any sense. The good stuff, the cool and, stuff and, works. The cool stuff consistently works for them against good or bad defenses. And then they just don't run yeah. it until they have to. And credit here. At least they did. This is going to sound like I'm talking shit. I promise I'm not. They at least
1: did like some bad stuff that was new, bad stuff this week. Like mm-hmm. I'll give them credit for that. They, they were uh, poorly executing bubble screens as like a run relief. Uh, they, they had been, I mean, cause teams had just been stacking the box against them when they ran, when they were in pistol all season or under center also because it was obvious what they were doing um they added some some bubble screens in here to make sure they kind of you know simulate run plays like high percentage passes um take the ball outside because they were not able to run their stretch at all which is one of their their core run plays um so, so i guess that was something new at least and like if you don't have Case over and julian fleming whiffing on blocks five times mm-hmm. uh those plays were probably a lot more successful there was one where mecca would was scored if anyone except him could block um but that's obviously concerning they can't execute that but at least it was something they haven't done in a while it's nice to see that like of course there are you know other variations of that those little pop passes any kind of jet sweep action mesh plays there are a lot of ways to create you know outside runs without just running stretch or outside zone mm-hmm. uh or that bullshit, uh boundary pitch play like to run uh it'd be cool if they used all of those like they have in previous seasons like they're all things day has run before and just now choosing not to yeah um so it'd be nice if he remembered he knows those plays, um, but in the meantime, I'm sure we'll just continue to get yelled at by the home of our fans for not, uh, um, you know, not accepting
0: the fact that they could be better. Yeah, for the lamestream from the lamestream Ohio State media, um, staying in the Big Ten, Illinois twenty six, Nebraska nine. Just want to uh, gloss over this one quickly. Um, Illinois really does like. It, it it's it's I don't know who the comparison in boxing would be. I don't know my boxing history well enough, but it's like a heavyweight fighter who takes one round of of like letting you hit him and then just kills you. <laughs> just not not that he even tries to end the fight. Robidoux is the famous one, right? Yeah, like, the yeah, yeah. Not that he tries to end the fight, just that he wants to spend the next eleven rounds stopping everything that you try. Like it, it's and that's really what Illinois has been doing defensively, and they did it here as well. Nebraska had a pretty productive start to the game. Uh, actually, led as much. As, it was like nine to six or nine to three or something like that pretty early in the game, and then just that was it. They just, <laughs> Illinois just turned its lights off on, on offense, and um, we I know we've talked about it before, and we're repeating ourselves, but this Illinois defense is just fucking ridiculous. They're so good. They are so 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 good at just like straight up they're good straight up they're talented and all that stuff but their adjustments that they make the way that they notice what an offense is doing and just completely shut it down on the fly not even they don't it doesn't even take to halftime it's usually one quarter um they're just so smart it's a really really impressive and and fun defense to watch they're so good at what they do
1: yeah 100 and i think something too they've shown off here is just because of the league they play in, they haven't really played any kind of serious passing offense all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did this week, and, and you know, like for, make fun Nebraska all you want, which I support doing, of course. Yeah, uh, they did like completely shut down Trey Palmer, who's been a very successful wide receiver this season, and and a guy who's one of the better wide receivers in college football. Yeah, and Devin Witherspoon played a really good game against them. I thought, um, you know, he he moved the ball a little bit, but uh, I, I would say not substantially. Right, I, I got to check the uh, the stat line for him here, but. Uh, I think he was held into uh, like under hundred
0: yards. So it's yeah. What have, uh, yeah. Nebraska had um, Nebraska had like four or five. With, sorry. One catch. Dude. He finished with one <laughs> catch on the day. Yeah. Nebraska had like four or five explosive passing plays, including a, uh, a long touchdown to Travis. Travis Oculek, yeah. yeah f- 56 yeah. yards. And then uh, two catches for 47 yards for Elante Brown, um, two for 45 for Chancellor Brewington. But like, that's the kind of game it was is that Nebraska would do it once. And that was it. If they tried it again, Illinois yeah. would jump it. Um yeah they're, they're they're wide receivers
1: here combined for uh four catches 454 yards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is uh, we 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 talk <laughs> we talk a lot about not a lot but we talk at times about like turnover luck and turnover games. Illinois defense is very good at, it has, has benefited from a pretty wide turnover margin but it is not in any way just luck with them. Like they are jumping these passes. They are scheming up interceptions. Um, the way that they hit, the way that they chase the ball, the way that they track the ball in the air, their safeties don't get a lot of press, but they are excellent as well. Like it's just, they're just really good. They're really, really good at forcing mistakes. Um, and it's, it's not even just like a big play defense. It is an everything defense. They're good at everything that they do. Um, I don't know where they, I don't know where they found this. I don't know how they managed to do this in one year of building in an off season, like I don't know where they found these guys. They're they're ridiculously good. It's not just like, "Oh, wow, good for, you know, good for a year or two under Brett Beal, but like no, they're really good. Their defense is really fucking good. Even the offense, like it's not the star of the show, but Tommy DeVito was 20 of 22. Uh, you know, Chase Brown yeah. is is as good as they come. Like they're really good at what they do. This is a really good team already. It's a very strong program already. They just they've got a lot of stuff working for them
1: yeah 100 uh i mean if you follow the the stats from uh parker cohen at stats of war on twitter uh like they are comfortably the best opponent adjusted p5 defense in america like it's yeah. not even close like they are like they have a huge lead on that front yeah uh they have been very very good they're not really cracking against anybody um i mean the closest they came was that week one loss, or what is it week two loss week one Ooh, who remembers i think they played in week zero then lost that week one to indiana um like that's that's about as close as they hutton to like actually having a bad defense performance that was the first
0: week of the season like, yeah. since then they've been cracked down and that was uh, also it was really... it was one drive pretty much <laughs> in that game yeah, exactly it yeah, yeah. And, they, and that was just their offense fucking up and not ending the game
1: yeah um but yeah and also you mentioned chase brown i mean just incredible he's nuts. uh yeah. he he has gone 149 yards or better from a scrimmage in all but two of his games this season six of eight games he's gone for basically 150 or more Um, just a workhorse just runs that offense for them Um, super super efficient Uh, it's crazy what he's putting out every single week if he gets hurt they're absolutely fucked but (laughs) as long as he's healthy they are a very dangerous football team and um, man, that that game they have a I think a light game this week, Then that November twelfth contest coming up against Purdue is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Michigan the yeah, week they, after
0: that, yeah, pair of a uh, pair of interesting yeah. games for sure. Um, Tennessee forty-four. Speaking of impressive fucking teams, Tennessee Jesus. forty-four, Kentucky six. Uh, never in doubt, just murdered them, murdered them, absolutely yeah. never in doubt. Tennessee uh, touchdown on the first drive where they they they. they scheme Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt wide open. Uh, the entire game was kind of that. Um, he had two touchdowns, five catches for 138 yards. It was a lot like what they did to uh, to Alabama with him. Um, something that they do that's that's simple enough, it's a, it's a simple concept, but it's still worth mentioning because it is so much of their offense, is that Tennessee has a really, really good understanding of defensive assignments. The way that they draw up their plays uh there's there's a quality to it that just seems to scramble defenders assignment it seems to scramble how they react to what they're seeing um it's it's very slight i think it's a lot of it is is pretty small even that you, you maybe you wouldn't even notice it if you're just watching on tv the like footwork stuff timing stuff but they keep doing it. And I have to think that like, there is something that, that Heupel understands that this offensive uh, group in general understands about defensive assignments and, and ways to just make defenders look like they don't know what they're doing because they keep creating these wide open touchdowns where otherwise disciplined or strong defenses are just completely out of position. It's, it's uh it's really, it's really impressive. It's not talked about a lot, but they're really good at creating those, those blown assignments. And like, that's not usually a thing you can create, but it seems like they're just doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really good. Like you said, I think they're, they're keenly aware uh, of how few, I think, college football players really understand like the larger scheme of a defense. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. they, a lot of them understand their individual assignments, but, but the reason like, you know, veteran players so value the sport is a lot of guys don't really understand the full concept of defenses and, and why the responsibility is a responsibility. And they're able to attack that, right? By just saying, if a a guy, you know, thinks of the game as, like, I go to, excuse me, I go to this area of the field and I kind of wait there until something happens, then I think that's a pretty easy thing to exploit, right? And unfortunately, that's the kind of mindset a lot of players operate in, right? They don't necessarily have um, the knowledge of, like, how to read their keys correctly and how to respond to changes in the defense. And it's why you often see teams, like, scrambling to get in position against Tennessee because they're they're struggling to keep up with those stack formations. And, um, yeah, it's why Jalen Hyatt is you know, 15 yards open on somebody of his plays place as well. She uh, yeah. would think it would not happen, but, you know, you can't cover him a man and they don't understand how to run zone against them correctly. So, uh, there you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah. what happens. Uh, and now they're getting healthy too. Now they have such a killman back. He was back in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned uh, you mentioned Tennessee's offense. I want to talk about their defense this game too, because very, very impressive. Like mm-hmm. uh, they they ended this game, in my opinion, they had gone up twenty to six uh, with uh, like at the start of the uh, the start of the second quarter, basically on Kentucky, uh, in like a, in a quick eight play, seventy seven yard drive. And then the very next play, Kentucky was driving the footballs they had done uh, on their second drive of the game, and uh, they got down to the inside the Tennessee red zone. And Will Levis threw a pass to, uh, I forget his first name, McKee, the Kentucky receiver, who got popped so hard by a Tennessee linebacker. The ball popped, like, five yards in the air. Uh, Tennessee, uh, defensive back to Juan Mitchell, caught it and turned it 48 yards into the Kentucky side of the football field. Yeah, uh, And, like, they just knocked him off his cleats, right? Like, just absolutely, it mm-hmm. was a clean hit, but just just a physical kind of play that we have not seen from Tennessee defense in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very impressive to respond to the way Kentucky plays football, uh, which is physical and mean and nasty. Is kind of the the worry we saw from Tennessee this year that they wouldn't be able to handle that. They're kind of a pretty RPO team, like a Lane Kiffin Ole Miss team, mm-hmm. um, and they're not right. Like they handle that very well, which I think bodes very well for them against Georgia this week too. Right? Yeah, like I'm I not that Kentucky is Georgia. They're very different football teams, obviously. Um, for one, they don't they're not as careless to football as, as Will Levis is. Uh, but man, like Tennessee responding to that challenge and not but, but passing it with flying colors. is very interesting. Um, yeah. I was talking about with the guys on our pod, but like, and we're going to get to a preview pod, of course on Thursday, but I think it's a lot likelier that Tennessee blows out Georgia and that Georgia blows out Tennessee.
0: Yeah. I am. I'm so interested in that game, in that, that chess <laughs> match, that of, chess match. Like yeah. I, it's, it's ridiculous how excited I am for that game with, When's the last time you were this pumped for this game, dude? I, I can't recall. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. It, it has been a minute. Um, just the you know, Tennessee's offense, like I was talking about, all of the nuance and the little stuff that they do in that in that system, and how well it seems like Hendon Hooker understands it, and how well they're blocking it, and all that stuff against Georgia's defense, which is obviously you know tremendously well coached and, and schemed and has answers for all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm I'm so interested in that game and and then for the other side of the ball you know like like you said Tennessee's defense uh, they had 19% havoc rate in this game. They were stopping like the majority of Kentucky runs within 2 yards. They they were physical. They were physical against a very physical team. And they you know they made turnovers. They made plays happen. They were delivering huge hits. They they hit really really well. This is not a it's not an amazing defense. It's not like a top tier defense, but they are aggressive. They are physical, and they are generally up to the challenge of offenses who do want to test you physically. Um, yeah. I am How, just how's Kentucky to 205 yards on 63 yeah. offensive plays. Yeah, I am just fascinated to to see what that Tennessee Georgia game looks like. I really, I, I I don't I don't have a great feel for it. I'm just excited for it. We're we're certainly gonna talk about it on the watch list, but already I'm I'm looking ahead to it. As just yeah. like, this might be, I mean, these are probably, you know, Ohio State obviously has a very strong case and probably will be one or two in, in uh, the, the playoff rankings, which, who cares, but uh, two, I mean, maybe the two best teams in college football with very, very different styles that... that uh, clash in a really interesting way. It's a it's a quality of regular season game that we just don't get very often. So I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. Really impressed with Tennessee. I think that you and I had the same thought at the same time <laughs> watching this game. And it was when uh, when Tennessee for first that forced that first half turnover that you mentioned of like. Oh shit! They might actually, they might actually win a national championship. They might yeah. actually be that level of good. Um, I, I would guess that we were not the only ones who had that realization at the same time of like, oh, whoa, wait a second, this might be more than just like a really good year for Tennessee. Like this might be a, this might be that kind of team. This might be that level and, of team. And I know I've already given you a lot of shit about not not buying in with me on Tennessee the preseason,
1: but even I didn't expect. No, this, right? I, like it, e- e- even, how could you? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I was calling for a ten and two season, right? Which would have been a huge success. Like, yeah. like, but this—I mean, this is crazy. Like, I, I think what we might get—and not, not to make this whole podcast about Ohio State—I try not to do that—but uh, in twenty nineteen, right? You had a situation where I think Ohio State was the most balanced team in the country, but LSU just had that insane, overpowered offense. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't just see that game play out in that championship, unfortunately, after some injuries and penalties and just uh, a couple bad turnovers for Ohio State in the game against Clemson. Yep. Uh, but we might get to see that game this year. Like I think Ohio state is once again, the most balanced team in the country. It's probably going to finish number one in SP plus, uh, And Tennessee is going to have probably number one offense in SP plus and a crazy, like all time record setting offense. Uh, I would like to see these two teams play each other. I think
0: it'd be really fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and la- last thing on Tennessee, but we, we, we just railed against Ohio state, not just calling the good plays. Uh, Tennessee, just calls the good place. Josh Heupel doesn't go away from what's working. He will just beat you over the head with it until you stop him, and that they, they, nobody has. Nobody's. is yeah, well, Nobody is. Worth noting
1: him. though, that does result in a lot more like busted drives for Tennessee than does for Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, I would say Ohio State has a lot fewer three and outs than Tennessee does, uh, which is good for Tennessee because they. I mean, it's fine because they haven't played a team that can hang with them on offense, and they yeah. won't all season. Like Alabama came the closest, and. Uh, Bama's defense is so bad it didn't, <laughs> I wasn't a hurry for Tennessee. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I, man, they're, they fucking rock. They can just score in a hurry. Like, you, you yeah. can see these two teams if they play each other, have a stretch of like six minutes in game time, that results in like 35 combined points. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're, they're but, really, really fun to watch. It's a, it's a really fun storyline that has emerged here that Tennessee is not just like, Oh, pretty good. Like no, they, they yeah. look like one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team in the yeah. country. Well,
1: Patrick, we, we got to get to this next game. Yeah. I'm
0: to talk about it. Okay. UConn 13, Boston college three. I'm just going to, I'm going to wind you up and let you go here. So Jeff Halfley, not doing great. I would say <laughs> two, <laughs> <laughs> at and six, point. Two Six, six in the
1: season lost by two scores to UConn. Yeah, um, what do I need to say, dude? Like, what do you? <laughs> I I have said this on Twitter already, so I'm repeating myself here. Uh, I'm wrong about a lot of things in college football. I, I am, you know, like anyone else, my prediction rate is probably somewhere around a coin flip. Yeah, I have never been wrong about an Ohio State assistant. <laughs> I, I, am, unfortunately, I have a just clairvoyance that everyone who's ever coached for Ohio State, I have intimate knowledge of who they are as a human being. I look into their soul. I see the result. Uh, Jeff Halfley is a loser. Yep. Uh, he is a lifelong assistant. He does not have any kind of dog in him. He is a pretty boy who likes the media. He can't hang. Yeah. Uh, this is pathetic. This is this is going to be the worst Boston College team in, uh, man. I mean. A while.
0: Yeah. Uh, a minute and it's It's not like worse than any of the adazio teams well all of those teams just went six and six so it's it's hard to have any opinion on them at all (laughs) but i guess he had that he had that one year where he went three and nine if i recall correctly
1: but every other team was
0: a bowl team besides that right like jeff hathaway fucking blows yeah yeah, and this does now move, and this is the most important stat of the year, I think, for any team. This does now this does now move UConn to two and zero against teams head coached by guys named Jeff, because they also beat Jeff Tedford in <laughs> Fresno State. So they are now two and zero against all guys named Jeff. So we have now definitively proven, I would say, that Jim is a better name than Jeff. Um, and that is really any, the eternal contest. Any, any Jeffs left on the schedule? I could not tell you. Potentially, who's to say? It's it's impossible <laughs> to know. That you can't. Uh you can't know. There's just no there's just no telling. Um yeah, Boston College fucking sucks. They're really, really bad. Good for UConn. Uh earnestly, congratulations to UConn. It, they have had a uh Oh. Patrick, i've got news. sorry really quick they they do play jeff munkin's army oh program, no uh,
1: in the last week of the season oh no
0: one last chance <laughs> one final stand for the jeffs for the army of jeffs um <laughs> anyway yeah good for yukon for a uh i don't know if dream season would be fair because they do still have i think a losing record but it has been quite a bit better than i i had any realistic expect expectations of so good for them um can't, I don't really know what to do with this one. Kansas State, 48. Oklahoma State, zero. Didn't score. No no points. Um, Will Howard just beat the shit out of these guys. Really, really just beat the shit out of them. And then when he wasn't doing it, Deuce Vaughn was. Um, wow. Wow. This was joyous. <laughs> this was a lunch money uh, game. Yeah. Yeah, holy this game shit. was so
1: bad that Mike Gundy's kid got into it. Gunnar yeah. Gundy played this game. He threw seven passes.
0: Yeah, cannot be, cannot be having that. Spencer Sanders was hurt, but well after the game was out of reach. Um, Oklahoma State could not do anything offensively. Did not have a single thing that was working for them. Um, Kansas State has, on the fly, morphed into a a run to set up the vertical pass team instead of a run to set up the run team i don't know where they even figured out <laughs> these these passing concepts like why they're so good at them um but will howard was throwing the ball like a mile and they were all being complete um really, i mean impressive performance from kansas state obviously impressive on both sides of the ball but Jesus Christ, Oklahoma State. This was really bad. This was really bad on all fronts. There was not a single thing here that was good from from Oklahoma State. This was a like they had four turnovers, but I think that there was more than that. I think it was just that they were not at all prepared for this game.
1: Yeah, if Kansas State gets past Texas next week, uh, I think they're going to get a rematch against TCU in the Big Twelve championship, and they might beat the shit out of them. Yeah, they they might run it up.
0: Off. They're playing really well right now. They're they're playing really really well right now. They they would have won
1: that TCU game if Will Howard didn't also get hurt. I yeah. I, I know they ended up collapsing and losing their lead, but that that team. I mean, come on, this is a better team TCU. Yeah, what, I, what are we
0: doing? I've been really impressed with Will Howard, who is at one point was very much maligned by by Kansas State fans uh, when he was tossed into not a great situation. He has been really good in relief this year. He's he's got a big arm. I think that he's handled the offense well. Um, even if they're without Adrian Martinez, I think they're in pretty good hands with him at quarterback uh yeah. impressive impressive from colin klein and <laughs> I, I think his first year as an offensive coordinator maybe if Correct. not he yeah i think he yeah. came in
1: he came in to end the season last year but but not as a full team the, mostly, he, but, uh, he has
0: been very impressive he has been the uh the the this the the, yeah. the prodigal son who was promised i think he has been very impressive
1: i'll say that uh howard could probably stand to be a little more efficient a little less big play reliant yeah but, uh, hey the big plays are hitting you know
0: yeah, none of my business. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose having Deuce Vaughn, he can he can help cover up some of the inefficiency because he sure. he's uh, yeah. he's gonna get you eight yards every time he touches the ball, pretty much. Yeah, big uh, big impressive win. Don't know what to do with Oklahoma State. We're gonna monitor the situation there. Uh, Louisville forty eight, Wake Forest twenty one. Wake Forest had six eight turnovers, eight turnovers in this game. Six um, of them were in the third
1: quarter.
0: Yeah. Uh, it appears... <laughs> it appears they, if, I don't six, know if
1: you saw, if they got outscored 35 nothing in the third quarter.
0: Cool. Always really good to have that happen. <laughs> yeah, they had six actual turnovers and then I think two on downs, but they, they also, they lost, they had six fumbles and lost four of them. Um, I, I'm... I'm I don't, I don't know if I want to fully say that this is a turnover game because, like, Wake Forest didn't play all that well outside of the turnovers, but this is at least partially a turnover game. Obviously, when you have that many, it's going to impact the game. Um, I don't think Scott Satterfield's going to get fired also. It seems like maybe Scott Satterfield has... Uh, has saved himself from the the old uh, midseason athletic director or sources rather within the the institution saying he's got to win this one or he's fired. I think that he's done it. <laughs> he's won three straight after that report came out. Um, I think he's probably safe. Wake Forest on the other hand, like man, that's just just disappointing disappointing big time letdown game. it seemed like they were on a good path. it seemed like they had found a groove and they just collapsed here just completely fell apart.
1: Yeah, 100%. I I don't know how else you'd frame it. Um, Really disappointing game. I I guess I don't maybe view this as like – I don't know. I don't view it as like cataclysmic as as the way Oklahoma State lost to Kansas State. Like I I think that Wake – like you said, it's not fully a turnover game. They weren't playing well. But if if you don't have that complete turnover collapse uh, in the third quarter, including you know Sam Hartman personally turned the ball over six times, uh, let alone any other player, then I I think that – I think that they could still have won this game late. Obviously, it's a disappointing performance and a worrying one, but I'm not as like existentially concerned about Week Four as out of this game as I am with Oklahoma State. Yeah, I but, would agree um, with
0: that. I, I think that there was... You, you do get to a point with the turnovers where it's just you kind of throw your hands up. And it's like, well... I don't know what I'm going to learn about this one. It seems like maybe you just should have turned the ball over a little less and then it wouldn't have been such a big deal. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was pretty much what I took away from this. Uh, well, a good a good chance to see Wake Forest next week play NC State. Yep. Uh, as NC State's defense has
1: kind of rounded into form here after some early injuries this season. And, and, uh, you know, curious to see how that plays out. It's a big game for both those teams. It's in Raleigh. Um, so, I mean, next three weeks, next four weeks, <laughs> really tough for, for Wake Forest. They get, NC State in the road, North Carolina and Syracuse at home, and Duke on the road. Yeah. That is a tough four game stretch.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll okay. see how they handle yeah. it. Uh, of course, they will win out and ju- ju- <laughs> finish like 10 and 2 or whatever it is uh, now that they are out of contention for anything serious. That's what Wake Forest loves to do. Um, staying uh, in the ACC with teams who disappoint us Notre Dame 41, Syracuse 24. Uh, it was in the air. It was, it was in the air. They were going to do this and they did they benched they benched garrett schrader pretty early on cuz he was not playing well carlos del rio wilson did not have a whole lot more answers um just nothing working for them offensively here i think that the i don't know if i want to say that the jig is up on syracuse but it's certainly not what it once was i don't think they they have th- there are enough solutions out there on this offense that it is not it is not supporting a defense that is, I would say a little bit too all or nothing to be sustainable against competent opponents. Um, so I guess the jig kind of is up at Syracuse. They are, they are not a, uh, a top tier team anymore. Yeah.
1: And they also lost their best defensive player to, uh, for the season at Garrett Williams Yeah, uh, during this game. Yeah. Um, so that's not great. Uh, especially with, uh, some of the passing attacks they'll have to finish the season. Yeah. Um, you, you don't want to see that, obviously. If you're if you're Syracuse, um, yeah. I mean, even if they just go two and two in these last four games against Pitt, Florida State, Wake Forest, and Boston College, that's a very successful season for them. Totally. Uh, yeah. It's. I, I don't think you can get too mad at that, but definitely it's it's not working. I just want to give a quick uh, quick fuck off to Brandon Joseph mm-hmm. uh, of Notre Dame, uh, who was taunting uh, Sean Tucker on Twitter yeah. afterwards. How dare you! One of my one of my least favorite players in college football already was just like annoyed at Northwestern. It was like. First of all, decided to play for Pat Fitzgerald, first strike. Yep. Second strike, uh, injures Jack Smith and Jigla, one of the most fun players to watch in college football, on um, a cheap hit out of bounds, uh, and basically cost him his entire final season. Rob's all of us getting to watch that. Yeah. Uh, and then he he goes and taunts other beloved great in Sean Tucker. Uh, just a bad guy. Just not a, bad not a guy. fan of his. Yep. Just just a dirtbag, bad guy. I think we can all agree, just a terrible human being. Yeah. Um, no needs for him around the sport. Should probably... I think what we can all safely say, and Patrick, you agree with this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can speak for you on this one. Um, much, much worse than whatever those Michigan State players did to defend themselves <laughs> against Michigan. Uh, <laughs> barely, barely uh-huh. just kidding. yeah. <laughs> just I was, I was gonna, I was
0: gonna say. I think we need to send this kid to jail. I think we need to send Brandon <laughs> Joseph to jail for what he did. Yeah,
1: we, we need to get Tom Mars on the case. Yeah. Let's get him involved in this. Yeah, um, I mean, prosecute to the fullest extent of law, uh, which I'm being told is just, a, is just a small cases court. Yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I, uh, I've, i I've, I've been told case. that Brandon
0: Joseph is being given the death penalty. I'm pro Brandon Joseph <laughs> and take no joy in reporting this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tom Mars, just all time crazy name to have <laughs> for the job that yeah. he does. <laughs> Ridiculous. How about name. Uh, uh,
1: something about mm, mm. Uh, female athletes go to. Uh, jupiter to yeah you see UC- ucf 25 cincinnati <laughs>
0: 21 um uh, ucf uh, stumbled its way into having an actual offense here because john reese Plumley got hurt and uh, as it turns out as soon as they put mikey Keene into the game the offense was better because uh, he can throw the ball down the field which is usually something that you want from your quarterback um and because of that i am not taking accountability for this i have said all season that they should play an actual <laughs> quarterback as soon as they did they went and beat cincinnati i was right i was correct. They should have played an actual quarterback. Uh, they would have a much better record right now. They already have a pretty good record. They would probably be unbeaten if they played an actual fucking quarterback all season. It's not that hard. It's just, you have one. He was good last year. You don't need to do this shit with John Reese Plumley. Mikey Keane is good. He throws the ball weird, but he's good. Just play him. It's fine. You don't have to have fucking John Reese Plumley at quarterback. You can play an actual quarterback. It's allowed, and uh, and they did, and it worked. Someone someone should have told Cincinnati that. Uh, yeah,
1: because they they keep playing Ben Bryant, who is terrible.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he, he had forty
1: five passes for less than three hundred yards. Just, yeah, just to he, be
0: absolutely horrible. He's not good, and it's shameful too because Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott are good, and I think that they deserve better than Ben Bryant. I would really just, I would really like to see Evan Prater get a chance here. I think that he would make the most of it. And even if he doesn't, he would fix their rushing attack, which is very, very stop and start and very touchy. Um, he would help that at least because Ben Bryant can't move and Evan Prater can move. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, by the
1: way ben bryant very funny that his response to every password was running further backwards and not throwing the ball away yeah it's awesome uh, yeah. he got sacked four times and they averaged a 10 yard loss on those
0: yeah he uh, all, all just, time bad instincts guy just no feel at all for what <laughs> he's doing <laughs> does not know and, uh, does not know i do want to
1: point out really quick here uh in the preseason i
0: did tell you so about ben bryant yeah yes. i'll, I'll you let you yeah. about him you yeah, you, yeah, you, you can have that one. I'm not letting. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to let Gus Mazan beat me on this one. I told him what he should have done on offense, and he didn't do it until yeah. an injury. And he's not going to do it if John Reid Plumley is healthy again. Um, just,
1: just the game where
0: you and I both proved that coaching is actually not that hard. Yeah, it's and, actually really right? easy. It seems like we just could do what we wanted to. Yeah,
1: we're just, <laughs> we're just playing from the sidelines here. Bat a thousand.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they can't figure it out. Yeah. So good for UCF on discovering how to run its uh the good version of its offense for one game. I'm sure that they will not continue that. Like I said, if, if John Reach Plumley is uh, healthy, because they don't actually know why it worked. They just sort of see the final stats and then go into the go into the press conference and smile and wave. Um but uh they would win the AAC if they just play an actual quarterback. Not that hard. Just play an actual quarterback. You have one, he's good. Just just fucking play him. Stop dicking around with John Reach Plumley. Uh Quick one here, Toledo 27, EMU 24. Toledo comes from behind to win on the road with a backup quarterback. Uh, They're going to win the MAC West. Good for them. Good for them. They didn't fuck it up. Uh, I guess there's still time, but they have not yet fucked it up. I don't think that they're going to. I believe they have a two-game lead on everybody else in the MAC West Um, after this one, which I guess technically is a three game lead on EMU because EMU was trailing by one game and now it doesn't matter, but Toledo's going to win the West. Good for them. They didn't fuck it up. Um, in the CUSA, North Texas, 40, Western Kentucky, 13. Impressive impressive win from North Texas. They pulled away late. It was close for most of the game, but it looks like North Texas might end up being the other team that gets to lose to UTSA in the CUSA championship rather than Western Kentucky. Um, impressive for them, really, to uh, to turn it around from, I think they started 1-6 last year to get to a bowl game last year, and then now it seems like they're going to be headed to a CUSA title game. It seems like Seth Luttrell has, uh, has saved himself here after he spent the better half of two years, very much on the edge and, and seemingly about to be fired. I think that he has, uh, I think he's righted a lot of wrongs and he's got the program back in a direction where people can feel pretty good about it.
1: Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Um, I, I mean, it's, they're moving, they're moving ahead, right? Like yeah. I, I think there's, there's some good things happening here. I mean, it's, it's it took them long enough. I think I, mean, like, <laughs> I thought Western Kentucky's is a pretty good team this season. So I think it's a pretty impressive way to pull that off, especially on the road. Um, I mean, it's yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna all of a sudden say he's a good coach now, but it's it's an improvement. He got he, off the mat.
0: He has yeah. He I, has, think,
1: I think I'm copying that from somebody else, but he got off the mat.
0: Yeah, he's done enough to not be fired, which is good enough. Uh, Fresno State 32, San Diego State 28. Jake Hayner returns and puts up a Jake Hayner ass performance. Uh, enough for Fresno State. God, to the win. Mountain
1: West fucking sucks, dude. I'm yeah, sorry, it's this, this just a terrible league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's really bad. Um, is it the worst league in the in the country? I mean, is it worse mm. than Cusa or no? Mm, the Mac, Mac is, oh, the, the Mac, Mac it's, is, it's always the yeah, Mac. Yeah, the yeah, Mac yeah, is pretty okay. bad. And, yeah, and the non-Mac division, the worst league in the country. I think it's probably still better it, than the CUSA. The CUSA has like three teams because uh, UAB is not UAB not being good really is damaging for the CUSA because it, yeah. it, it's it's pretty much just UTSA. North I mean, Texas should have three and,
1: teams, is one more than the Mountain West does.
0: Yeah, the Mountain West has more decent <laughs> teams. At least the Mountain West has like a couple of pretty okay teams, whereas it's in the Q- it's like one really good team, two pretty okay teams, and then some of the worst shit you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, the Mountain West doesn't get to some of the worst shit you've ever seen in your entire life until like the bottom four. So I'll, I'll give it to the Mountain West for now, but it's not as it's not a wide as it's not as wide a gap yeah. as they would like. Um, Fres- concerning trend line. we'll say that yeah fresno state is the kind of unquestioned favorite in the west at this point which is ridiculous given where they were about a month ago um i'll just i'll note here on the other side talking about programs just playing their good quarterbacks instead of the bad ones san diego state quarterback jalen Maiden, 19 of 24 for 291 two touchdowns he also had two interceptions but he carried seven times for 48 yards and another two touchdowns the offense works better when you play a good quarterback instead of a bad one, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Where did hard. Jalen Maiden sign with out of high school? Do you remember? I want to say Mississippi uh, State. I think it was Mississippi State because I remember writing about him in the preview um back in the offseason. He was an early four-star who like fell on the rankings. Yeah, time, I think he had a,
1: he had he had offers like from Ohio. I remember him being recruited by Ohio State. You guys, he was like the early favorite to be the Ohio State quarterback in that class. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah,
0: sorry. Anyway, not to distract. Him. No, I, I, I know. Uh, I remember what you're talking about. So I think yes, I, I am right. So they moved him to quarterback from safety uh, earlier in October. Um, this is after moving him to safety over the offseason because he was desperate for any playing time and he said he would play anywhere that they needed him to. Uh, so they moved this fucking former four star quarterback, dual threat quarterback to safety, didn't play him there, moved him back to quarterback, have given him opportunities now. And of course he's better than anything else they've had in the last fucking <laughs> decade. God, Stupid. Why? <laughs> Why? It was so obvious that this guy was going to be better than any of the stupid shit they had. Why did they waste their time with this? Oh, my God. It yeah. drives me crazy. What is wrong Not with this say. fucking program? Why can't they just play a good quarterback? Why did it take this Dream. long to figure out, oh, hey, the guy who can run and throw better than anybody else we've ever seen in the entire city, Uh, we should play him at quarterback instead of fucking safety. Jesus Pretty, Christ. Pretty, uh
1: pretty funny that, that Brady Hoke is a better quarterback at San Jose State than they ever had at Michigan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of amusing to me, personally. It's cool. Uh, also, I know you mentioned really quick the, the Mountain West-West race. Uh, Fresno State, San Jose State both 3-1. and one. Fresno State beat San Jose State head-to-head. Yep. Um, w- worth noting, both have pretty easy schedules aside from uh, the final week for Fresno State. They like mm-hmm. get Wyoming. Um, can't lose that game. You lose that game, South State win the league because they play Colorado State, San Diego State, Utah State, and Hawaii, and they should beat all four of those teams.
0: Yep, yep. Um, yeah, it, it's, yeah. Uh, they they should be able to, they should be able to pull it off. We'll see, but they should be able to pull it off. Uh, Missouri 23, South Carolina 10. Uh, they're ranked. Maybe they're ranked. South Carolina making a lot of progress under Shane Beamer. They're in the top 25. They might go 9-3. and three. <laughs> Whoops seems like maybe they're not gonna do that it's so what happened what happened i thought they were i thought they were top 25 i thought they were making progress i don't understand i don't ever watch any of the games but they were top 25 it seems like they're making a lot of progress jesus christ a lot of a lot of just, is, a lot of dumb things happening of-
1: as one of your personal friends and political idols would say, can we talk our shit again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's especially
0: recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot else to say about this one. Just come on <laughs> well
1: it is really funny I, I want to point out that uh, South Carolina went out of the rankings and you know who immediately took their spot is, is UCF mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean really funny for a guy like you personally uh-huh. uh, I hope you're looking forward to me campaigning for Maryland soon mm. uh, I uh <laughs> in the in the uh
0: the 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 meet at midfield top 25 ballots that um that, that, that we we have been Doing of yeah. late, I very nearly included Maryland until I remembered uh, I could just toss a whole bunch of G five teams in here at the bottom, and nobody's gonna care or stop me. So that was what I did. Um, but <laughs> I haven't voted yet. I gotta vote tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I very nearly, I very nearly included Maryland. We're we're getting there, even if they have not beaten a single team with a pulse, they still. It's better than a lot of teams can say, including now South Carolina, who couldn't beat a team without a pulse. Um, staying in the SEC, Ole Miss 31, Texas A&M 28. Ole Miss very, very nearly lost this game, really tried to. Uh, Texas A&M had infinitely more success with Connor Wagman at quarterback than it has had with anybody else at quarterback for the entire season. Once again, just playing a good quarterback instead of bad ones is uh, useful at, at this level. Uh, I don't have a whole lot else to say about this one. I think Texas A&M is a much more interesting team with Connor Wagman at quarterback because he's good enough that they just, he's all he's, he's good enough that he can make plays, but he's also young enough that they have to call simple shit. Um, and th- so of course the offense looked better than it has for the entire season as soon as they're calling basic stuff for a freshman.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he probably just has better arm talent um, than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's still a fucking bad team right like i mean like even with him it's just the scheme is the problem like he, he's just a slightly better version of that but there's not much more there besides i don't know he's just hitting some throws the other guys missed right that, that's yeah. all he's doing but I, I would not say i was particularly impressed by what this upside looks like um <coughs> excuse me on the other hand i was very impressed with, with shot and judkins um yeah. that was a hell of a performance from him running for 205 yards on uh, as lane kiffin pointed out in the post game I'm, I'm sure you've been enjoying the shit talk which anybody else has but a bunch of five stars yeah uh, running through that line like that outplaying uh, Devin david jane who's definitely a nfl running back across the across their sideline um very impressive i, I thought thought question was awesome yeah um him beating out zach evans as thoroughly as he had this season that's
0: awesome too. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and Ulysses he's Bentley. Yeah, I mean the, those were sort sure, of the guys we he, thought were. Was he hurt today. He, um, didn't play, he still has not been the feature back. It has been. It has been Judkins just the entire season. Yeah, not the guys we expected to be leading the backfield. And, and Evans has still had his his touches, but um, impressive from from Junkins, who is very very talented, very good player. <laughs> I'm curious to see what happens with with guys like Zach Evans because I don't know that he is. Uh, I don't know that he will be long for a program where he's not the the featured back. It's <laughs> not been his MO traditionally. Uh, but at some point he's going to, go to eligible. The, yeah, at some point he's going to have to go to the NFL. So I don't know. I don't know uh, what the plan is for him, but we'll see. Uh, TCU 41, West Virginia 31. It sort of is what the score says. I don't know if there's a, t- a ton to add about it. TCU, um, really had we
1: forgot the lead in for this. Uh, we, we forgot to mention it both, but, uh, this is the the games we're talking about: the Ole Miss win, TCU win, Oregon win, oh, yes. win. We are tagging as the quad fraud city special.
0: I'm going to dispute um, one. These, I'm going to I'm going to dispute one team in this, but yeah, yeah. The the for for now, the quad fraud <laughs> special. Um. Uh, yeah. So so you're talking about
1: TCU? They did win again.
0: Uh, just come on, like
1: I'm not buying it, dude. This West Virginia team's decent, but like this is not what a, a,
0: a playoff contending team does to West Virginia come on yeah yeah West Virginia's offense got a lot of what it wanted here TCU got more of what it wanted um not a ton else to say about it it does feel like at some point the bill has to come due for TCU there's not like an amazing stretch of, of teams to end the season but there's enough I, I think at Texas is on the list if memory serves yep there's 12 yep yeah there's enough there that like you have to assume that the somebody is going to cash them out at some point here cuz they just it's not been convincing but they keep winning so they they should be recognized as such um yeah only the, other the, they i mean they I mean, we only have three good players in the team dude and eventually someone's <laughs> gonna figure out how to stop one of them you would think uh, you would think but they haven't figured it out yet apparently uh yeah. We'll, well yeah we'll see um only other thing here that really caught my eye i just want to mention cj donaldson carried 19 times for 104 yards and two touchdowns for west virginia in this game i can't believe he's playing again this year i don't know if you remember his injury a couple it was like a couple weeks ago but it was one of those where like he, he was stabilized on the uh on, on like the the stretcher and like you know where like body goes kind of rigid when he falls and like i i didn't think he was gonna play again this year it's nuts that he's back after like three weeks i'm i'm very glad that he's okay but it was one of those like neck injury head injury kind of things and that's uh you don't usually come back from that that quickly so I'm, i'm glad that he's okay he's very very talented player excited to see what he can do and uh like I said, just glad he's back on the field. Um, this is the one that I would dispute as being a fraud. Oregon, 42, California, 24. I think Oregon is good. I think that Oregon is is full-on good. I think that they took Cal's best shot here and pretty easily dispatched with it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I just think the Oregon defense is still not good. Like That's my biggest yeah. thing is this is
1: an awesome offense. They're one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, if it weren't for Ohio State and Tennessee doing what they've been doing, I think we probably talk about Oregon. as the best offense in America. Yeah. Um, but uh, their defense sucks. Like, they, they, I mean, Cal is one of the worst. I know they scored 14 points in garbage time, but like, this team also didn't get a single stop against against UCLA. They didn't make them punt a single time. Yeah. Uh, and UCLA is a good, not great offense. Right? Like, like they just like. I think they're gonna have to play. Uh, some teams that can actually do something to their defense, like in the, throughout the rest of the season, notably Utah yeah. uh, in the second to last week of the season, presumably uh, USC or somebody else, the Pac-12 title game. Uh, and I just think it's not going to keep going this way for them. I, I think we saw what happened. They played Georgia, which is a team that could actually stop them. Yeah. Uh, and not, not that they have another Georgia left in the schedule, but uh it's not going to be this pretty the rest of the year. That's that's what I'll, that's that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think that on the uh the the scale of like really good offenses with defenses that do not hold up their end of the bargain, if the if the two ends of like uh you know at the top tier of the sport are Tennessee and TCU, I would put Oregon between them, but closer to TCU than I would Tennessee. Um, that, that's, that's that's fair. I think Oregon is a better version of Tennessee or of uh, of TCU. Jesus, of TCU, basically. Yeah. I think that they're just uh, a, I am a deeper version of that f-
1: team looking forward to that Oregon USD game. If we get it in the Pac-12 title where it results in like, you know, 85 combined points and and no good coaching. Yeah. Um, would love to see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'll get UCLA, Utah and you'll like it. Uh, USC 45, <laughs> Arizona 37, not a lick of defense, no interest at all in playing defense. Just, just I'm good. Nope. I'll pass. Um, th- yeah. It was exactly what we thought when we said it was going to be. People are going to box score, watch here and say, Oh, these quarterbacks look so good. Like, yeah, I guess they completed passes to completely wide open, in, like not even pretending to cover them receivers. Um, yeah, good Cam- enough. Caleb Williams was was a national player of the week on offense Jesus. for play against Arizona's defense. Come Jesus on. Christ, he did have he had a ridiculous touchdown pass in the red zone. I don't know if you saw this, but he, he like was like on the run, jumps up, throws the ball about ninety miles per hour in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. It was a really impressive pass. But like other than that, man. These guys are wide open. I'm watching the game. I know I know that it's not impressive. They're wide fucking open. Everybody was wide open on both sides of the ball. Um, good enough fight, I guess, from Arizona that they can keep up in this kind of game, but it, it was what we thought it was going to be. Just not not really a whole lot to to glean from this, I don't think yeah uh
1: i'm good i'm just good on this i don't really have any uh i don't really have any interest in usc yeah uh i, I believe they have i mean their game against ucla is going to be fascinating um and but they i mean i don't know they're not going to lose to cal colorado or notre dame right so like if they beat if they beat ucla they're going to the background title game they're going to be 11 and one and if they win that game they're in the playoff. and they yeah. suck yeah uh so I don't know. It would be funny to watch USC lose on a big stage again. I always love when that happens, but I don't think they're going to – I don't know. We'll see. We'll
0: see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, cool. We will – if you're a subscriber to meet at midfield.com – Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. We we had one more game. Oh, do we? We have one more
1: game, which is is, uh, Michigan 29 over uh, Michigan State 7. Okay. Um, Rivalry game, I mean, I don't know. It's – interesting in the sense that uh, from a football perspective i mean i guess maybe if you want to we can talk about the tunnel briefly but just the, on the actual football field um michigan's defense was was fantastic right yeah. stopped everything michigan state had um despite a couple a couple turnovers um from michigan they, they were able to kind of hold michigan state get to finish anything uh, the michigan offense um really bad wanted, wanted like, to see really, a lot
0: yeah wanted to see a lot more from the michigan offense here than i did see
1: yeah, I mean, they, I just still think they are who we thought they are, which is a brilliant running team. They have one of the best offensive lines in college football. Blake Corum is on the verge of being the best back in the country. I still like a couple guys better, but he, he's certainly in that conversation. Um, and they can run on just anybody, but uh, they can't pass. Yeah. They don't have dynamic receiver or J.J. McCarthy. They don't either. They don't trust him to throw downfield or he can't do it. Um, either way, they're very limited. Uh, and when they get in the red zone, that running game, for as much bully ball as they do, they can't bully teams with a heavy box like that, and they, can't, they haven't been able to show J.J. can beat it. Yeah. Um, they they aren't finishing drives very well, which uh, I think is a problem when it comes to playing Illinois and Ohio State. I think they're going to beat Illinois because their Illinois offense won't beat the ball at all. But uh, I think it's a problem against Ohio State the way that D-line's
0: been playing. Yeah, um, I am, I am, I'm going to be really interested in Michigan's offense against Illinois' defense because I think that Illinois is yes. – one of the few defenses in the in the country and and what, probably the first one that Michigan will play this season unless I'm blatantly disrespecting anybody uh that will just like put seven in the box and play man on the outside and dare Michigan to beat it um and actually have the horses to keep up and and to to do that um yeah. so I'm interested in in seeing that because I I do think that Illinois will pretty much just pretty much just dare JJ McCarthy to beat it and at this point, I don't know if he could do that. I don't know if J.J. is capable of taking over a game like that. We've not seen it from him. He has been protected largely. He hasn't really needed to, but uh, this certainly was not a, a huge, I, I don't think, endorsement of of this uh, this offense as like a dynamic entity against a, a pass defense that's really bad, really catastrophically bad, to, to not be able to have a whole lot going through the air is disappointing. I wanted to see more from them here. Yeah, he he is thrown for uh less than 170 yards in 3 of their last 4 games. Mm. Um got to get that figured is, out. Got to get that checked out. You should go to the doctor yeah. and try to figure out what's wrong with that. That's not it's yeah. not what you want.
1: It's uh it's not good. He is he is not cleared. Uh he is not cleared uh more than 10 yards an attempt, I think more, more than 9 yards an attempt since they played UConn. Mm. That was a while um, ago. Of, uh, yeah, that was... yeah, against, against <laughs> the Power 5 team, he has been like 9 yards an attempt or below every single game. Yeah. Um,
0: which is uh, not great. That's not what you want to see from a quarterback. Something, yeah, it's not very good. Something to monitor. Seems like maybe Michigan uh, doesn't think that he's very accurate throwing the ball down the field or something.
1: Yeah. Hmm, weird. <laughs> uh, but it is funny though also as they, as they <laughs> pointed out, um, it, our friend Dan on Twitter pointed out, um, that basically everyone is for some reason kept play a lot of too high against Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like exactly what they want you to play, right? Like they just want you to kind of uh, sit back and dare them to run, which, yeah, obviously. Um, it seems like the only thing that didn't do that was Iowa. Iowa ran a lot of like, uh, zone blitzes that like they like to do. Um, but it's kind of what Sparty did, which, which obviously didn't work. I, I thought Michigan's defense actually played pretty well given what their expectations were coming to this game, but obviously they were just never going to win here. Yep. Um, do you have any interest to talk about the whole game incident? Anything you want to say about it? I think I've kind of said my piece and I, I don't know. Yeah. Any
0: thoughts you have? Not particularly. Um, I, yeah, I, I, Michigan state does not, did not do a good job <laughs> in that circumstance, did not handle the circumstance as well. The people who should have been responsible for making sure that that did not happen, um, weren't, they just weren't there for, for whatever reason, or they weren't doing a good enough job, um, I don't know, I have my own issues with Michigan State as a program, like long-running issues with Michigan State as a program. I think they have sort of fundamental things that they do as a program that I don't think are healthy. Um, Just with the culture that they've built there, the sort of disrespect shit, it kind of (laughs) leads to this. You get a team that is constantly on edge and plays dirty and kind of acts dirty and all that stuff like that it is not it's not just like oh michigan state that's a dirty program like this is something that they do this is something that they kind of tout um and uh, i i hold that more to account than i do stadium infrastructure i think that Michigan State is more to blame here than any sort of tunnel thing, Um, because they've been doing this. This is a kind of a Michigan State thing for a while now. This is like a Mark D'Antonio thing, and it's something that Mel Tucker has not really worked to to buck in any meaningful way. Um, It's what they need to win, I guess, because they're not going to be as talented as, as a lot of the teams who they play, but yeah it 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 happens it happens when you do that when you build a a program around having that sort of edge having that kind of fire um it seems like they struggle to turn it off and that that was really kind of my takeaway from this is that just they need to figure out how to turn that off a little bit better and i'm not sure that they have the the strong voices in the room who will do that or really even any interest in doing that it's just kind of par for the course for them
1: yeah yeah i mean it's kind of the vibe right It's, it's kind of just uh it's what you have happened, right? It's, I think it's there, there's a few instances of this across college football. It's not unique
0: to Michigan State, but no. there certainly are one of the more um, yeah. This more is, I mean this has been a this has been a BYU issue for for years. This has been a BYU <laughs> issue for 20 years. Um, yeah. There are there are other programs that have similar approaches that that have similar issues, um, and uh, yeah, I, it's not good. <laughs> that's, that's my takeaway. It's not good. I don't like that it happened. I think it's bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, just not, not good. Uh, not I, something you want to see.
1: I, I do think that I, I do want to say, and I, I know our colleagues and Ace and Taylor have been joke Butlers too. The shit about like, you know, calling for fucking the arrest of these players after the game. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off with all yeah, that. come and, on. And, and calm down. Calm down. Like, like the, the worst thing that happened is like, what, maybe a broken nose for one guy. And like, sure, Michigan State should have cover our medical bills. This player should be suspended for the rest of the season. Possibly yeah. got the team. Like, I think you know bearing full video coming out or more clear video of the incident that we currently have yeah uh all that should be an understanding but like I, I don't need to see any players go to jail yeah uh, or so, have a criminal
0: record over a, a fight in a tunnel when no come on like yeah, let's sending, let's sending these kids to jail is not going to <laughs> it's not going to fix it it's not going to fix anything. though wow we sure showed that guy like ruining his life like that's i, I don't think that that's that's not really a viable solution for anything, but certainly not for this. Um, Yeah, it it seems like a lot of the guys have been suspended. I, I don't really know what more you would do with that other than just like, yeah, you should probably make it so that this is not a thing in your culture. It's that's that's about it. I that I would put the onus a lot more on Mel Tucker and on his staff than I would on any individual guys yeah. needing to go to jail. That I don't think that that's yeah. The people saying 100%. that I think are reacting in the moment and also it's a a reflection of a character issue for those people that goes well beyond just this this thing. Um yeah. that is a yeah, yeah. No no jail time needed I don't think, but definitely no. a not a not a good moment. Not a good not a good uh, not a good thing to have happen. Even uh you know not even in A, but especially in a game like this where you know tempers run high. This is a, a very emotional game, but like you got to be able to turn it off. And they they obviously were not able to do that. Yeah. It's it's bad bad to see. Uh,
1: I I do want to say I mean I, I know I've said this on Twitter, but I I, I think of Bears defeating. I do not think obviously yes one hundred percent the Michigan State. Uh, The escalation of this, the violence side of it, is absolutely a Michigan State, right? Like that is 100% on them, their players, the culture there. Uh, That is their fault. It never had to get this bad. They could have simply not done that. They should have not done that. It it is a a clear escalation and breach of of everything that had happened previously. I I do think, and people have got mad at me for saying this, the instigation that Michigan has been involved in for years, if we saw a video of these two players running up to get inside the Michigan State group, right? We saw all the Michigan players like waving and barking at the Michigan State players after the game when they were kind of, you know, getting off the field at midfield. We see them pushing up in the tunnel after other teams on their home field. Uh, we see them barge out of their locker room at halftime to go after their team trying to file out onto the field. Like they, you know, there is a long history that is not just a couple of weeks or just this night uh, of Michigan players in that tunnel, around that tunnel, uh, interacting with teams in a way that I would describe as instigatory. That doesn't mean it has to result in a fight. It doesn't mean it ever has to be anything more than just yelling or shoving. But I think they frequently put themselves in a place where they are creating an opportunity for conflict. And they are starting that opportunity. They are the ones creating the opportunity. Um, it is obviously, it should not be escalated by anybody else. It could just be left there. And it should be left there. And it almost always is. Um, but I, I think it bears noting that that is something that is happening. And I think people should have poo that away because because Michigan State was one that did the worst act here. Um, is not a full accounting solution. And I do think Michigan, I'm not saying they bear responsibility for what happened uh, because they don't, but they can and do have an opportunity to stop it from happening again by being a lot smarter about the way they handled their team and their procedures after these games. And they have to do that because uh, it, it doesn't need to keep happening. It's the only place that it's happening uh, in the tunnels like that. It's it's not happening anywhere else. And it happens really frequently there. Uh, and, and it can be stopped and it should be stopped and they have to stop it.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's hard for me to... to worry too much about it because like I don't know I don't I don't really have an issue with instigation in college football. There's a lot of instigate our whole podcast is about trying to instigate fights. <laughs> so it's But it's, it's different to do it
1: on the football field than it is in the yeah, locker room. Or sorry in a tunnel.
0: It's it's hard for me to I I I don't know. I think that there is there is a, a line of you know, emotional response in college football that you that you can tow without crossing. And I don't think that instigation is crossing it necessarily. I don't think that boasting or, like, barking at guys as they're leaving the field or any of that stuff. I, I don't – that that is, to me, before the line and then after the line is not really – you still – even if you are being instigated, even if, oh, they were – they were taunting you should us. respond like, yeah that's yes. that's the line exists for every party even if there is like oh yeah that guy was you know taunting me oh those, those guys were you know instigating like yeah but you you're still an adult <laughs> and you could 100 you're yeah, an yeah. adult yeah you but i think it's also like it's fair to acknowledge eventually someone was not going to be an adult right like if if, if it is wild the that way it, I it's 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 wild it took that long. It's wild that it was I yeah. mean that's that's uh, like I don't know. It, that's that's another thing that's kind of difficult for me to square with this is that it that it hasn't ever happened until this, that it was never that it never happened on this level until this moment. Sure. Like that stadium has been around for a while. They've been doing this for a while. And, and there I are instances it. of it. Docu- like, there are videos of it going back like
1: a, at least a couple decades. Like, right, yeah. I, I've seen videos of the of. There's that uh, famous video that's always in the Ohio State like Michigan hype video, of uh, I forget who that he was, but the Michigan defensive back like 20 years ago or, or you know 15 years ago coming out of the locker room and shoving an Ohio State trainer and then a couple of players too who weren't yeah. bad yet. Like yeah. they do it all. Like it's it's been happening for a long time. There are you know a half dozen examples in the last few years alone of this happening on video. Like eventually someone was not going to sound like an adult. Someone was going to take it way too far and it happened and it sucks that it happened. It's on Michigan state for doing it. But I I think it was, you know, I know people don't like to use the word inevitable. Uh, I do think it's inevitable. I think if continuously players who are keyed up in a high competition environment in a violent sport uh, are put in situations, where they feel like they're being taunted by a team um, and and nothing's being done about it. I think eventually this response was going to happen because unfortunately, when testosterone runs that high, when anger, anger and violence runs that high, uh, someone is not going to be the adult room. Someone's going to make a stupid choice. It always happens.
0: Yeah, I, I that that would be like if you're Michigan, I think taking from this, like you probably could be a little bit more cautious. You know, just in general, probably could could afford to be a little bit less a lesson a, le, a little bit less in in their face about it um but also like it shouldn't have had to get to that point it it shouldn't it 100%. shouldn't be it yeah. shouldn't be an issue that Michigan is 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 taunting that Michigan is doing that that's part of the sport it's part of what you do um but it, this is a this is a good opportunity as, as bad a situation as it is, it is a good opportunity to maybe look at it and say, like, we I don't want to put players at risk here just for the sake of of, of uh, intimidation or anything like that, or of having a having a reputation, of, yeah, yeah, of having yeah. an edge. Like I don't I don't know you you don't want you don't want guys to to be in that spot where that's it's it's a bad place to have guys in, and and it is again the onus is not on Michigan here, the onus is on Michigan State to not have its players, you know beating up guys who are not wearing pads in the law lo- and the in the in the tunnel but it is an opportunity for michigan to look and, and say well maybe we should you know protect our players from 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 this just a little bit to to keep it from happening in case there is a team that is not uh conditioned well enough to handle the situation and again it shouldn't be on michigan to have to do that but it, at least in this case it, it's you know Michigan State took things too far. Michigan State took things entirely too far, and it is a chance to to reassess what you're doing, and, and to to not even you have to change. You don't have to change all that much just to try and keep guys safe, because you you understand that there are teams that are just not going to be able to handle this, uh, specifically one team who you had to play every year um and that's yeah that's 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 sort of it is that it's it for me is it's not this is not michigan's responsibility michigan has not done done something wrong here uh but it is a chance to try and protect their players a little bit more moving forward not to say that they weren't before but just to to be a little bit a little bit more cautious i think is is a fair reaction um even if it shouldn't have to come to that uh that's i think that's about all i have on it do you have anything else before we get out of here no, I think we're good. All right, premium subscribers. Meet at Midfield subscribers. You will get the premium show um, soon, <laughs> Soon, probably Tuesday morning. Uh, this should be out. The recap here should be out Monday night. Um, we're going to talk Auburn, obviously, kind of the story of the week with Brian Harson's firing. Uh, and we're only going to do that if you are a Meet at Midfield subscriber. If you're not, we'll see you on Thursday for the watch list. Um and uh we'll, we'll do it with extreme malice in our hearts we'll do it with with uh with significant bias against you the person who does not subscribe to meet at midfield.com so just keep that on that on your mind if you can wear that if you can hold that guilt then then more power to you but i couldn't i couldn't do it i subscribed to my own website i'm giving i'm giving myself money i can't stop making money i can't stop giving myself money That's ceo grind set and that's of course what we believe here at flipping the field and also at meet at midfield uh we will talk to you guys on those shows.